Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 85 of the Pull List Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, posting a picture before we begin the podcast, because if you don't post the picture, it didn't happen. Hector. I've got a lot of calories that are in a good place then, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't post all those. Oh, well, you know, good job. Good job. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I you've been on the road already this con season. I feel like that bears mentioning as we begin. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so the, the preview to the preview of the show, um, this is anime except done poorly because we did the preview during the show. You're actually watching. Um, mm, yeah, some, yeah. Anim- some anime nerds going to get that. Uh, how's the con circuit looking like right now? Um, it's, it's looking a little more healthy. Aww. Um, uh, there's, as you know, there's still shows that we used to be part of and stuff that haven't come back yet. Yeah. Um, and then the, um, in a lot of ways, the market is oversaturated. Um, that's pro- actually looking at the schedule and thinking about it. Like there's usually not a ton of shows over in Alabama and I feel like there's been like a bunch. There's a ton more shows and the shows you want to get into are way harder to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taking it pretty personally that some shows that I was invested in weren't letting me in. <laughs> like <laughs> it was that I was like, I couldn't get into shows. Like I got rejected for more shows in the first quarter of 2023 than all nine years prior. That's why you drink your coffee black. I guess yes. just reminding my soul it's dark, um, <laughs> but no, you know, and some of those came around, um, but you know, it's, there's a lot of artists that I'm seeing that are just trying to get back into good shows and can't yeah. because, you know, artist space is limited and stuff like that, which is why for legacy shows like galaxy con and stuff like that, you don't ever skip a show mm. because the minute you take your foot out of the door, it's over. you, you got to start over. Right. Cause they're going to hit you back on the, on the list. Right. Because, Hey, congratulations people that gave us money last year. Well, and because like literally at um, the end of Galaxy Con, so I don't know, everybody's shows don't always go well, obviously. Sure. Um, but like, uh, so what they do, what I've seen for a few years now is they'll wait until the last uh, day of the show and they'll say at noon today, we're sending oh. you an email. Yep. If you uh, sign up and fill out the application while you're still on the show floor of the show you're at um to be this show next year and if you pay today yeah right you get a discount you so you injure li- in you literally got to make a life choice a year away with no foreseeable planning and it's a no refund situation jeez so at the last galaxy show that was happening i had to drop 350 dollars, and i was like i don't even know how i did this weekend so <laughs> right. That's a thing. But cons are going well. Um, I've honestly done better at the smaller shows than the bigger ones. Um, just because there's less uh, capital involved. But like uh, this show this weekend is going to be interesting. It's a uh, JDF tribute weekend. Oh, right. It, it's right. that one. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. like Jenna Frank, his daughter is performing. And, uh, you know, and then that Power Rangers movie just dropped on yep. Netflix. So it's a it's a big rangery adventure. Oh. Well, that sounded like a thing. Yes. Um, 
and I guess that that ultimately reminds us of uh, comics is a ever changing landscape that is exciting, interesting, and other adjectives. And that's why we always start the show by saying that you got to strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves because we've got comic sign. Checks for my expansion sets. They call me Obi Wan. Act like you know me, son. Neon glow. Ah. Um. By the way, did you freaking see that Jim Lee is coming to South Carolina Comic Con? What? Yeah, bro. Dang. Jim freaking Lee. I've never seen that dude to be anything that like wasn't New York or California. Maybe he's he's listened to some of his friends that are like, you should come to these really dope regional shows and meet some people. Well, it's their whatever anniversary. It's a big one. So, okay, that that probably counts. But on on top of that, you can just take a you can peruse Jim Lee's commission list and then feel better about I'm just going to see him from afar. Yes, you are. (laughs) He ain't drawing you crap. You might get a you might get a pinky nail of the side of your head for five hundred (laughs) dollars. More likely he do like a um Ash Wednesday vibe. <laughs> like here. It's just the outline. <laughs> Here's an outline with my thumb and that's it. Jim Lee finger paints for four hundred dollars. <laughs> I kind of need that in my life. Yes. Mm. Uh but anyway, we do have a wonderful show for you today. We're gonna hit the latest news that you need to know or some things that I selected that Hector feels you don't need to know, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, oh. Our must pull recommendations from the past couple of weeks. I think mine are mostly within the last two weeks, though. There's one book I think I'm pulling forward because I found a copy of it. Um, I'm, I'm in the same place. I've grabbed one I thought was new and it was the second printing. Oh. So, well, there you go. What's new, what's new to us is now new to you. <laughs> two weeks um, later. Two weeks later, um, our favorite new number ones. Mine's just weird, but I'm thinking about officially changing that segment to Chris found a weird book that you should read that he probably won't read the second issue of, but maybe. Yeah. Um, and so, so much more. This is the Polis Podcast. <laughs> So, Hector, um, because of reasons, I suppose we need to talk about the thing um, off off the top because, yeah, I get it. The part of the news cycle is clickbait, right? You know, we we have to admit what the Internet is. And uh, I did. That one was my bleeding cool pull. Right. Yep. Well, shame on you. Shame (laughs) on you, sir. Hey, um. What is it? What you, what's next? We got this covered. That's what I was waiting. I was trying to remember. We got this covered, and there's one other website that you're like, wait, hold on. And if for it those came from them, it's garbage, <laughs> right? Um, we got this covered. We pro- I'll I'll spend thirty seconds here because it's worth mentioning that if you don't know, if you literally ever see that in the first part of a news story, quote unquote, in pop culture, just forget it. It. N- 99.99% of the time, possibly more nines after that decimal, it is literally not true. <laughs> In fact, you can usually read those stories and go, the opposite of this is probably the accurate <laughs> representation of what's going on here. Um, 
And I do believe there's the Captain America on the backwards chair meme of, so you've shared a we've got this covered story. Yes. <laughs> um, I saw it. I figured you were probably going to be reading it anyway. Yes. So some folks out there may or may not have heard this rumor of Nightwing getting superpowers. Kind of, sort of, not really. Um, but those stories are out there. And the reason I threw it in here is because we've got the whole Dawn of DC thing going on. So DC technically is in their kind of revamp of continuity or at least revamp of explaining how continuity is going to work for the next six to 24 months, depending on how successful it is. <laughs> um, I don't know, dude, like 52 lasted years. Rebirth technically at this point, six. Yeah, man, like these, these have, tracked a good amount of time it's but once upon a time <laughs> there was the era where it was like well we tried that next <laughs> at least they're lasting 52 months not 52 years or weeks yes no um valid so dawn of dc has lots of multiverse type stuff going on which means at any given time you also don't know which particular universe planet etc version of a superhero you're actually looking at until they blatantly beat you in the face and tell you um which some of the super books have been like, hi, it's like we, we, we fooled you. Just kidding. You clearly didn't think that was real. And then beat you in the head and said, we're, we're all the way over here when you thought you were all the way over here. And I think I just put my hands outside of where Matt crops my face, um, which will make that illustration less interesting for those of you that watched it. Those of you that listened to it, you still have no idea, but they're not close. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, unpack this uh, for our listeners a little bit because I apparently click on the thing that makes me go, oh, and then I get punished for not reading things. Um, so, Hector, in, enlighten us um, here on what you think and what it kind of felt like is unfolding because it's Mephisto, right? It's yes. Oh, All right. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it's the most ultimate multiverse crossover ever. Uh, it is upper class bougie white Mephisto, um, <laughs> which if like, because like everybody knows who Mephisto is in the DC world or moderately, but like literally no one in DC is like, Hmm, Neron. He's a person like, like, because he's not even the first devil I go to. If you're doing a devil thing in the DC universe, like not even in the top of the list. In fact, I thought he was pariah for a hot minute. Um, but uh, Neron, who's one of the demon devil people, uh, who literally looks like the character Pariah or Jesus in an 80s Christian music video, um, is uh, he sold. OK, hold on. Backtrack. Make this more coherent. Nightwing has a villain called Blockbuster. Right. Uh, Blockbuster had an an illegitimate child with a aforementioned villain, which by the way, uh, what almost made Nightwing go on my pull this week was the fact that it reintroduced a character that has been gone for like a decade plus, which was nice. Um, night or uh, blockbuster had a child with Jezebel jet who, if you haven't, if you've been reading comics for a minute was, uh, Batman's girlfriend during the uh, Batman Rest in Peace arc back in like 2009. Okay. And uh, we haven't heard from her in a hot minute. And um, so, yeah, Blockbuster had a kid with Jezebel Jet, and to give himself power without his own consequence, he sold that ch child's soul 
to the devil preemptively. He sold the rights to somebody's soul is what you're saying. Like before this kid was (laughs) off formula, uh, Blockbuster sold this little girl's soul to the devil. That's not evil. No, that's very evil. (laughs) Um, And so when Blockbuster died, uh, which is a hot minute ago, like maybe eight issues ago, when Blockbuster died. say spoilers, but keep up. Yeah. Um, When Blockbuster died, the devil said, all right, time to collect. And so it has fallen on Nightwing and the newly almost formed Titans to keep this little girl's soul intact. Um, it also involved Batmite for a second, which is a whole other thing. Um, yes. <laughs> and so uh, this issue literally had the Titans uh, doing a heist movie into hell. Okay. Uh, to, <laughs> to deal with this little girl's soul contract. Got um, it. And at the end of the issue, because it's in it, it, like you said, it is literal clickbait because I promise you, based on my girth and my deep, girth of knowledge, yes, um, deep girth knowledge, my girth and my girth of knowledge, um, like just my whole circumference of being, this won't last more than an issue. But um, at the end of the issue, they literally pull a Jesus in the desert situation. They're even quoting Mm. Satan with Jesus in the desert of like, Hey, what if I gave you all the power you could ever want? And he goes bazinga and gives Nightwing superpowers and a new accompanying costume. Um, Well, duh. New first appearance, devil clone, Nightwing costume. Yeah. And so, let me eBay that. Oh, nope. Still not still worth cover price. How about that? Yeah. And so that that's just where it is. And it, it's like it was pr- that one thing was probably the least interesting thing in that issue. <laughs> yeah, that 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 breaks par for for the course at times. So that's like so when I saw because Chris sent his notes in this morning of what we were going to talk about. And I was like, bro, don't talk about that. That's that's a waste of time. <laughs> but here we are five minutes later. And God bless you and your family. You're welcome. Um, you Got to give the people the the knowledge because mm-hmm. we're we're out here <laughs> we're out here dispelling misinformation in the comic book industry. <laughs> um, you probably named our episode again, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> Yay! Is it the clerical unresolved issues one? No, no upper oh, class okay. bougie Mephisto all the way. Mm. Here we go. <laughs> so yeah, let's. Let's get into some other stuff. Um, I've got a thing that may actually be Mephisto uh, to talk about, but we'll get sure, to that. Sure, sure, kid. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. Prob- it's Mephisto, probably. Stickers available at... I think that's still available. I may have taken it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Don't go to the website. Um, so interesting. We talk about distribution of comic, digital distribution of comics, and all that stuff. Uh, Marvel... I think it was a year ish ago, relaunched some of their platforms, but it technically was a partnership with Comixology, which is an Amazon joint. So it's the Amazons and everything, but they don't talk about it in the article, but two things. A, Marvel's like, cool, that was a thing. Uh, we're shutting down. Um, and they're shutting down without an answer to their problem, which means Marvel, at least in their comicsology based platform, is about to go into, you can't buy the digitals here, period. Um, but the thing they don't talk about is kind of the why. 
Okay. Marvel Unlimited still exists. Um, this is their other little companion app, which I forget what surprise they even. Yeah. So a that. Um, but B, the other thing is, and I think we talked about it off air like a month ago, but because apparently a bunch of people's kids bought thousands of dollars worth of music videos and other random digital content, it is basically impossible to buy digital content on an Amazon based app on a mobile device of any type. You can't um, buy songs. You can't you buy can't. anything. It Nothing. literally forces you back to a physical computer to purchase digital content for the thing you're carrying with you. So I guess thank everybody else's kids. Um, I have a letter of the alphabet for those kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because that not going to lie. It's like, oh, that's a really dope song. I'm going to add that to my OK or not. Well, for me, that's more than likely. I'm less likely to buy. I'm a I'm a music nerd. I'm a DJ. I like to I like to own my stuff musically. Um, so I buy that on a device that I can easily transfer over and download and transfer over to my DJ computer. That's Because um, I've got one massive log of audio on a standalone device for DJing. So all my music goes there. Um, but I also buy it on Amazon so that I can access it occasionally because now they're also being tools. Um, oh, but can, can, hold on. I'm a moderately rant. Um, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. We're going to come back to the digital purchase thing, but let me just sidetrack with this. Uh, I am shaking my fist at Amazon um, because they're not content making the money they're making. Uh, through m music purchases, uh, they want to become Spotify. Oh, no. So I have been purchasing music digitally since 2003. Nerd. For your Zune, uh, right? For for my Zune, which uh, I still use a Zune. It's not that same one, but I... Right. I, I, I <laughs> if you've been with us for a while, you've heard this story once or twice. <laughs> but I, I've been purchasing music from Amazon for 2003, since 2003. They are going back and unlibrarying the music you've purchased saying you don't have the rights to it anymore. <laughs> Great. Uh, so that you'll, you paid $8 or $10 a month for their streaming service so that you can access the music you've already bought. Great. So every time I go to, every time I hit a song I can't hit play on and it makes me shuffle, I get on the phone with customer service and I talk to them until they, fix my problem uh and they said well and literally the answer from four different customer reps has been hey uh why don't you just pay for the streaming service and i'm like i bought it already and i give them the order number the receipt and say over my cold dead ears <laughs> and, uh, but so like for me like i try to buy stuff digitally not musically but if i'm on the go and i see a comic book that i don't have and I've got a long wait. I'm like, you know what would be dope? I'll buy this comic book right now. Click nope. On Kindle. And I can read it right here on my phone. Womp womp. Womp womp. I can't do that anymore. And that's super lame. Now, S you, could, you can try the workaround, which is to go to the website instead of the app from your phone and click the desktop version. Um, but that is still a super pain. Uh, and all of your orifices and it's not worth it. So. Yeah. So stuff's happening over at the Amazons. 
Um, and Marvel wants you to buy unlimited so you can rebuy the comics you've read it. Wait, what? Um, there you it, go. It's probably <laughs> it's probably not that, but it also possibly is that. So, you yep, know, have fun. So what else we got? Because um, we had the good talks today. Um, all right. So Mephisto, probably uh, Jason Aaron's run on Avengers, which has been a few years now, is I think it's years. It's been a while. He's been doing his thing, but it's wrapping up. They, you may have seen a new number one with the Avengers branding on it this week uh, that's called Omega. And that's mm. basically the Avengers Assemble. Omega is kind of the event that's going to wrap up Aaron's run. I tried to like this series a few times. I just couldn't. I understand that there are people that this is their jam and I salute you. Um, but because we're still getting more because we're talking too negatively about Marvel. So, yeah. And we yeah, but fine. Um, flip flip side of this being I read the synopsis of Omega and they're basically like and Mephisto. And I'm like, great, I'm out. <laughs> like literally in the first sentence, they're like, so Mephisto comes back and I'm like, no. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. But if you've been enjoying the run, this is the culmination point of all that and everything. So to be completely fair um yeah it's ending it's mephisto (laughs) not probably supposedly actually so there's all that but the last part i did want to get to on digital comics and everything is also there's a bunch of folks that got thrown out slash ran out at comiXology huh it's like we just talked about something that might have had something to do with that um and they decided to create another digital distribution platform for the comicses. And in it's aptly named, and I'm going to spell it so that you all can actually find it. D-S-T-L-R-Y dot C-O. Oh, is that what you sent me? Okay. Yes. Um, it feels kind of substack, but that's what des- I thought. Okay. Designed specifically for comics and creators and If you go to that link, they actually explain the entire company philosophy, which has a very image feel in that creators that buy in own not only their work, but a part of the company, quote unquote, is how I've read it and how I understand it. Um, They are going to do digital distribution. You can subscribe to specific authors, creators, um, artists, etc., to get digital deployed content, but they also are going to do special limited print runs of certain things for comic shops, etc. So it's a both and model. So we've heard and watched some smaller organizations try to do this in the past, but it's still interesting to me because I want to see one that works because I do kind of agree with basically everybody and them of I'm tired of either a monthly subscription service that forces you to pay probably more than you want to, to get everything, which means 99% of stuff that you won't ever read, but you are technically paying for. Um, and then the end users, the the creators rather, at the end of the day, don't really get much from that <laughs> um, because they're usually very big corporations that have created those platforms. So I'm always for something new. Um, it's out there. We're going to keep an eye on it because it's another one of those things that someone that figures that out, I feel like is going to disrupt the space at least a little. Um, Substack came pretty close. Um, I feel where Substack might have failed is I feel like it was hard to market. 
it was hard to market. And then honestly, the fact that the books that were on Substack, the fact they still ended up on your comic book shelves, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of shot itself in the foot. Because and I'm trying I, to think if I was really interested in reading uh, one of those books, all they had to do is wait a little bit longer and I probably would have gotten onto it like Love Everlasting. But then the fact right. it starts showing up on my shelves, I was like, never mind. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> this is this is fine. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye f- out for all of that. And that is what you need to know. That's our biweekly look at the industry, delivering you all the inside knowledge. Uh, as always, you can join in on the conversation with Hector and I over on the Love Thy Nerd Discord. We have our own channel over there, which I've been active in telling people how much I'm really disappointed in Marvel. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, We're sorry, Kyle. Um, uh, I think some of our folks are gonna are gonna light us up later today, but that's fine. I put um, I definitely didn't put a Marvel book in my poll just to appease Marvel fans, but you know whatever. And I have a Marvel poll this week as well, so huh. Um, and fan, the Fantastic Four almost made my polls too. So right, and to be again, I almost said to be fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> that yes. There, there are some good things out there, but what was really good is a conversation I did have over there. So giving you a peek behind the curtain of the after hours uh, show, such as it were, uh, I t- they're like, yeah, but Immortal Hulk and the Donny Cates run. I'm like, yes, all of that is a year ago now. <laughs> That's actually my point. <laughs> did you read the current Moon Knight? Uh, it's a Tigra issue. Which um, they've been leaning in on here and there. So Yeah, but like, I mean, it's a whole Tigra issue. Okay. Like Moon Knight has like three panels. Um, <laughs> uh, and that was honestly kind of refreshing. And oh. I was like, I got through it and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll stop reading this. And then the <laughs> last page is like, next issues, Venom and Moon Knight. I'm like, mm. okay, maybe. <laughs> so, and also I didn't get it this week uh, uh, just because I was, I bought too many things, but uh, like apparently Punisher doesn't go down quietly because uh, uh the cover of Punisher was Punisher versus Cap. So, oh, I sure read that. Uh, (laughs) But I I didn't get it because it was just, there's too many books. I got lost in the sauce. See, so you can have this and many other related conversations with us on the Discord or the Love the Nerd Facebook community. You can check all those things out over there. Tell us what you liked, what you hated, why Hector is wrong about everything, and why Chris is just amazing. No. All right. Well, I tried. Um, we probably missed some stuff, too. And that's that's why we love all you guys like joining in on the conversation. And because we end up with new books that way, you know, like being sh- straight up honest. That's how stuff makes it to our list, because they're like, how dare you? And we're like, OK, we'll read it if we can find it. <laughs> be prepared to be talked about on air. Um, if but, we can find it, we'll read it. Yeah, that's fair. You are listening to the Polis Podcast. <laughs> with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. Hey fam, this is Hector Mirai, and you're listening to Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So I've been a big fan of Alan Richson since the DC show Titans. I just thought his character of Hawk was just fantastic, and they just really did something with a C-list character and made it really great. Then I came to find out the dudes like also got a million other things. Like he was in Smallville. Like he was Raphael in the Ninja Turtles uh, live action remakes. That uh, 
He's now Jack Reacher on Amazon. Dude, dude's covered a lot of ground, especially even in the nerd world. But he's also making a uh, faith-based film called Ordinary Angels, and he was talking about how important that was uh, to still be putting faith-based movies out in theaters. And he made this statement uh, to Relevant Magazine. God continually shows up in our world in a way that kind of boggles our mind. Because we think, for whatever reason, I think we continue to buy into the idea that God chooses heroes to do his work, and it's just never been the case. It's the broken and dysfunctional that God proves his power and strength through. And it was really encouraging for me to see that uh, from a celebrity. But also, if you've ever seen this dude, this dude's built like a freaking Mack truck. So it's kind of funny that a dude that literally is organically built like a superhero to say that God doesn't choose superheroes to do his work. So I was like, yeah, easy for you to say chief. Um, but I just found it encouraging that, you know, to have someone using his platform to still be encouraging uh, towards believers and towards people getting a chance to hear about the gospel through Hollywood and entertainment in that capacity. And you know, it's just one of the reminding me of this really encouraging verse that's in Second Corinthians twelve nine. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And it's it's this mindset, you know, like Alan was stating, it's like the world has this idea that you have it's the heroes that God chooses. And reality is God is perfectly delighted in choosing the weak of us. God is each delighting in using the broken of us. God delights in using those of us who are struggling because when he can actually use what's broken, it shines that much more light on how great he is. If you'd like to learn more about faith and fandom, head on over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcast memes apparel and book series you can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book i'm hector mirai and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me you are listening to the pull list podcast with chris Poirier and hector mirai so that said to the main event I was about, I was looking over your list real quick and go, what Marvel book did you put there, Mister DC? But now I see it. So, all right, yep. take it away. T- t- tell us, tell us the amazing feat that is a Marvel book made Mister DC's list. Um, well, first off, I do want to say Fantastic Four was really close to making it. Um, Honorable I, mention. <laughs> uh, I w- uh, the Fantastic Four run is great, and um, like uh, one thing that uh, is just like. There was a show that I watched in the, I think it was this year, called uh, Inside Man, where David Tennant plays a pastor who makes one wrong choice and it just like de-escalates into like nuclear disaster for his entire life. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was like, I watched the entire series. I think it was like four to six episodes in one sitting because it was so painful, like how much bad crap kept happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it feels like that for the Fantastic Four. It feels like every time, like, it's just something gets worse. Um, yeah, it's not good to be part of Reed Richards' family. Like, no, ever. ever. And uh, so, like, the 
it, it did not make the top four of my list, but Fantastic Four was really fun to read. Um, uh, I will go straight up with my uh, Marvel pull first. There it is. is. Uh, She-Hulk. Um, and to be fair, you know, She-Hulk's been be like fair. childhood crush since like you know, the 90s Marvel swimsuit covers <laughs> and, and those cards and everything. Um, but why this one was good for me was not even the main story. Uh, the story uh, does actually have some Reed Richards in it, but it's story is primarily uh, Jen struggling with the fact that she basically represents all of the X-Men and most of the Marvel villains now mm. as a lawyer. And she's not happy. Uh, and her love life is weird. Um, that's like the main story arc, but there's a whole B story, which is her ha- trying to have a book club with, <laughs> Uh, super females yes and the fact that they're all awkward at being normal and all awkward at being adults and they're all awkward at doing anything other than punching stuff and nobody actually read the book and so just as a writer as a book reader as a former bookstore employee a story about a book club with superheroes uh and because nobody read the book all the way, Jen just wants to talk about the ending and she can't talk about it. And everybody keeps telling her spoilers. And and then Captain America shows up. Hey, we need you to punch stuff. Um, and he's like, oh, you read this? Oh, I love the ending. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> and it's like, it's this perfect little anecdotal uh, bookstore, book club vibe. So the writer, the bookstore person and me really enjoyed this. Like I made it to the, the primary story arc and was like, okay, that's not going in the pools. Um, then got to the book club arc and I'm like, okay, you're going in there. So this was fun. Um, I feel like the first six issues of this, uh, were freaking dope. I do feel like it's dragging its feet, but also like, I know that there's a good turnaround coming for this. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has met her match in some villain that just makes her look like a, a noob. Um, like there's some suave, charming guy that literally just mops the floor with her, like with next to no effort and then makes a joke about it. Um, so it's interesting. So she Hulk number 12, merely rolling along. Uh, I'm going to mention this. Oh, I feel like this should have been more of the story than Nightwing. Cause I'm still harping on that. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh whoop, spoilers oh kick she hope okay um a, that this is a professional podcast this is this fine is a professional podcast yes uh so uh i've been occasionally picking up wonder woman um recently mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and uh i picked it up initially because it was a yara floor team up and i like yara floor as wonder woman yep. Yep. Uh, but this has been a Shazam and uh, Wonder Woman arc because uh, the wizard Shazam has teamed up with Hera and they're lovers now and they're overthrowing all the gods. Oh. Um, and uh, which has put Wonder Woman and a bunch of people, including Mary Marvel, at war with some uh, lowercase g gods. Um, and to... Uh, and this was one of those things how you mentioned first appearances. Mm-hmm. I was like, you said that. And I'm like, why do I, why did I need to make a note of that? Um, because at some point, moderate spoilers, but I doubt any of you are actually reading Wonder Woman anyway. Um, um, Cause it's, it's not the best DC book or anything right now. Um, 
at some point during the storyline, Mary Marvel gets trounced. And uh, so she's trying to turn the tide. So she gives her powers to Wonder Woman. So uh, Wonder Woman with all the powers of Shazam equals a uh, like it's maybe not a capital G God, but it's definitely an italicized lowercase G God where she uh, Wonder Woman ends up with the full powers of Shazam. Check out the crisp. Uh, like uh, if this was me five years ago I would cut this page out and decoupage it um, but <laughs> but uh, Wonder Woman ends up with the power of Shazam uh, and it's a first appearance of her in that role or whatever so Merry Christmas yeah. um, next one uh, on my pulls and I was worried I was going to take this from you so if you would have told me I would have put Nightwing in this spot um, but uh, DC Silent Tales I didn't um, see it, so that's. I this this to me was like, oh, Chris would love this book. Oh man! Well, now no, at least I need to read it. Um, and it is uh literally uh six, correct? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, it is six stories, uh, all throughout the DC universe that are all told visually. Dope. Like no, real... I figured based on the title, that's where that was leaning in. But yeah, yeah I'm about it. Um, and so the artwork is all gorgeous. It's very unique um, and almost has like Mad Magazine vibes, but really well done. Hmm. Um, and it there's a there's a Lobo story. There's a Joker story. There's a Superman story, a Zatanna story, a Cyborg story and a Harley story. Um, they're all okay. this feels like. Uh, a modern era Looney Tunes. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Like the like, I think if you throw on some classical music in the background and read this, it's a vibe. It's a straight bop, my friends, as the childrens would say. Um, do they though? Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's just really funny humor. It's good. Um, and like, I mean, it's very tongue in cheek on the visuals. There's tons of Easter eggs visually with it. But like one of my favorite things is uh, one thing you get is Cyborg. Check this out. You get Cyborg record shopping dressed like Run DMC uh, with a jacket that says Run DC, like DC and into iBorg. Yes. Um, and so he's buying vinyl so he can go home and listen to vinyl. And then crime happens while he's trying to listen to vinyl and he's not happy. Yo, so don't do crimes. Otherwise, knockoff run DMC will punch you in the face with a projectile robot hand. What? And then and then there's like Superman uh, getting evil junk on his laundry and it causing problems. Uh, Zatanna like doing magic to feed a cute little bunny. Uh, the Joker put like defacing paintings circa 1989 Batman. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's very, it's 100% visual minus like words written on things. There's not a lot, there's no dialogue or anything. It's cute. It's beautiful. It's a fun thing. I spent my six dollars. Oh gosh, it was seven dollars. Um, <laughs> I, have a, I have a rule. I don't look at prices in comic book shops because it'll make me cry. I just yeah. wait until. It, I just wait until they get the total and I convince myself it's okay. Um, so um, it's, it's for the fans, yo. Um, fans. We have those. Um, and, but DC silent tales. Number one was fun. It was a good thing. Aww. 
Um, they've officially wrapped up Deceased or the un, uh, the Undead Gods. Yeah. Now, when this book started, did I feel like they needed to, it needed to happen? Absolutely not. They could have stopped where they were. It would have been good. Um, did this book have slow, like the whole arc have slow spots? Absolutely. As a whole picture, is it worth reading? Yes. Um, even Don't read if the I, price. Huh? Don't read the price. Don't read the price. <laughs> uh, but no, like I've owned every deceased storyline. And if you just based it on their slowest chapters, even on their slowest chapters, it's still a fun read. Um, but uh, this comes to the point of they uh, are not only trying to they've stopped the zombie invasion of the unknown gods. They've actually got dark side on their team. Um, Yellow lantern dark side is actually fighting with them. And uh, yeah, okay. that makes sense. And uh, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, at some point, uh, dark side becomes yellow lantern. Um, I mean, that uh, checks out. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but uh, dark side, uh, once they rid everybody of the virus, dark side was, cheesed off that someone would dare take control mentally over him that also checks out and so <laughs> out of pure how dare you the the audacity that he decides all right i'll fight with y'all um and so there's some Erebos, which is uh the like malevolent entity beyond the anti-life equation like like it's the physical manifestation of anti-life. And so they go to take down the anti-life so that it can't be brought back so that there won't be more stories of this. Um, and uh, Damien becomes the best version of his Batman. Um, right. And there's a, there's a whole storyline there with that. And it literally is uh, probably the most solid, not cynical douche waffle version of Damien as Batman I've seen. <laughs> Right. I was going to say, this is this is the book where Damien doesn't suck. This is the book where Damien, literally, man, this is the not suckiest Damien we've seen. Because every Damien Batman is just like, you know, he's Roy Kent in a trench coat. And um, <laughs> yeah, um, that's good. Right. Um, Roy Kent that doesn't, that doesn't mind murdering people. Um and I, I feel like that's within Kent's pr probable capabilities. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, but basically you've got uh, a good Batman on a path to end the all anti-life stuff. You've got Lobo, the black racer death, mm -hmm. dark side and Aries all fighting this thing as a distraction and then taking, trying to take out this anti-life thing in the end. Um, you've got Alfred, as the Spectre still being the best version of the Spectre we've had since 52. Yes. That, you put that one above Montoya. As the Spectre? Oh, sorry. Yeah, question. I did I did brain things again. Not yeah, I, I, now, but here's the thing. The question and Montoya were in the same storyline in 52. I'm with you. Um, it's that same thing. But uh, the Alfred is the best Spectre. Yes. I have seen probably... That's a good... I would like to see both of those characters then in the same book because that would be a that'd be a vibe. Yeah, um, this might be the best version of the Spectre since Kingdom Come. Ooh, uh, just because Alfred as the Spectre, because listen, he's dealing with Damien and he's got his "I'm taking care of my son" narrative, and right. it's him narrating his loss. So getting to hear uh, 
Alfred narrate his pain over losing his children is good. Uh, I'm not spoiling the ending because that this genuinely does have spoilery things. Mm. Um, but it's gorgeous. Now, though, uh, and I'll say I'll say it again. This is Damien at his best as Batman, and Alfred as Spectre. Eek! I knocked down my destructor disc. Um, Alfred as mm-hmm. Spectre is why this is worth it. Um, Damien is Batman. Alfred is Spectre. Totally worth it. Totally worth the the journey. Um, and my other one, because I didn't see this on the shelves and missed it after we both gave it such critical acclaim. Uh, I said right? number three. I, I missed it too. So <laughs> uh, I missed both of these on the shelves. Uh, Superman number two and number three out of this storyline. So I read these back read to back. I did read two. I didn't see three. Yeah. And so three just, I think, came out this week. Um, And so that's what got me to go back and get two. Um, Three's freaking great. Two is great, too. Um, But, like, this is this the whole story that we started with in issue one that we were both so high praise over holds its own for three issues. And it resolves this initial story within the first three issues. Um, And it did it really, really well. Yeah, um, I, ho- I hope they maintain the art on this one, that this isn't a you put a really good artist on, and now we're going to lose them, because I also felt like this was super well drawn, mm-hmm. that this this one pulled me in to, su- like I said, when I put number one on my thing, I was like, I can't believe I'm going to say I'm reading a Superman book and enjoying it, because that's how that's been for a while. And I read two Superman books back to back, and did and I was excited for more. Yeah, so... Superboy didn't make my list, but it probably was my honorable mention of the week. Um, yeah. Because same thing. I was like, well, the other ones have been good. Um, but with Superman number three, uh, Parasite has uh, split off and is now infecting people like a zombie born virus. And Parasite in that capacity is really interesting. And that's this is the first time I've ever actually looked at Parasite in a comic book and been menaced. Mm. Like, this was intimidating. Uh, the storyline was great. Interactions with Lex were great. Interactions with Lois was dope. Um, and this is when uh, All-Star Superman dropped. I did not initially enjoy reading it. But it did feel like a breath of fresh air. This I am actually enjoying reading and it's a breath of fresh air. Um, the, you know, Todd has been stating for a while that uh, Nightwing's the best book in DC. Um, this has the potential to catch up and run alongside it. And I'll say this. These three issues of Superman have been better than the last three issues of Nightwing. There's oh, that. that that could be fighting words. We'll find yep. out. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Are you now? Are you now? Um, so, top of mind is a Marvel book as well. So, ha, huh. man, huh. <laughs> how dare you? Uh, so Hellcat, the oh, by Tom- the way, she's in the book club. That makes sense. They're friends. Yes. Um, and that's expected, but. So Tom King, but not Tom King at Marvel. It is a five part mini, like I mentioned before. And the entire thing is clearly kind of a psychoanalytical journey into 
Patsy Walker's past um, and brought her today. Like daddy issues is definitely part of it, which welcome to comics. Um, but it's being unpacked. It's not like the, Oh no, my dad was terrible. Like we're, we're unpacking it. Some of it's uncomfortable. Um, so this is definitely, you know, a pretty gritty look for Marvel still investigating the, whether she melted a person or not, even though she technically doesn't have those powers. Um, she's constantly on the run from the cops. She's so that's happening. She's unpacking like her really messed up past and things that have occurred to her. Um, so I, you know, it's, it's not a light book, but it's also not super heavy. Like where Tom in a few places, like makes you like legitimately feel uncomfortable. I feel like this comes close, but doesn't quite hit that. Okay. Um, at times that, I think they're attempting to, but I don't know. There's a few times that I'm like, I see where you're going, but I don't know if you landed that plane yet. Um, but I'm still enjoying it because I appreciate Marvel trying to take that approach because that is not their typical route. Um, their typical route is I'm going to make the X-Men and the Avengers punch each other. And then when they get bored, I'm going to hey, let, Hey, Hey, dial it back, dial it back. <laughs> I'm going to let other Marvel characters punch each other that, that unfortunately some people said that you know that's that actually is the thing is when marvel gets distracted they just have heroes punch each other um and we get v's and verses in the middle of tons of titles um yeah but then if not we end up with things like null so <laughs> here we are um but i'm enjoying that still so i want to see how they package this up in five issues. And I think looking at it and the story so far, that was probably the right choice. That's my other thing is I really feel these small series that can get to the point and get out are really helping comics right now. Um, because it, instead of having to fill a series, it means people have to get to the point <laughs> um, and get stuff on page. So about it next up, I got Phantom road number two now. Congratulations. Um, so I can talk about these things. I don't know what Jeff's doing here, but something happened in the middle of this book that made me stop and go, I'm listening. So we, we talked about how like this trucker picks up this person after an accident and they feel like they kind of get bamfed into a different place right. that they're like these zombie creatures rolling around the happy slaughter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but they find a truck stop like after driving for like a day and you know, it's like they're, it's not quite a Bucky's. It's not that nice. It should be, but it's not. Um, it's mm. more like a pilot or a loves beaver um, nuggets. Yeah. And they've By run the into way, the, the tuxedo gummies, the cinnamon tuxedo gummies at Bucky's are chef's kiss. Yeah. You're either on the Bucky's train or you're not. Sorry, everyone from the Northeast. Um, <laughs> People still live there. Yeah. Oh, okay. apparently it snows there. Um, mm. So they run into another actual human being or what appears to be a human being that can converse with them. And he's like, hi, welcome to well here. And they're like, great. Start explaining everything. And the dude's like, yeah, that's not how this works. And so they get frustrated over that. Um, but he's like, cool. Well, the thing chose you. And you now need to bring it to wherever. And this was the like literally like blob like thing they found that they think is the reason they banffed to begin with. But now it's clear that it, you, they have to take it somewhere is basically how this is unfolding. Um, and the dude's like, yeah, it shows you. So have fun. Get it to where it needs to go. Once you get there, 
you'll be there. And they're like, great, where? And he's like, yup. <laughs> um, but then he stops. He's like, fine. Um, yeah, you got to take the thing to Golgotha. That's the face I made because I went, excuse me? And then the characters even went like the Bible. And the guy's like, no, not like the Bible, like the actual place. And it's like, well, still kind of like the Bible. <laughs> um, they do not explain anything more than that in this issue. And my brain literally stopped and went, I'm not sure how to unpack that at the moment. Um, because they also kind of did this. So is this purgatory? And they're like, well, sort of kind of no. Um, but you got to take that thing and bring it. We now know to at least Golgotha. Um, yeah, all of you listening can't see the face Hector's making, but that's literally what my brain did when we hit that plot point. Um, they did kind of explain the where they are. Um, cause the dude that can talk literally like opened up a salt shaker, made a line, made another line. He goes basically that. He's like, you are here and pointed to the other line. But then he took his finger and drug it across both. So it connected both. And he's like, that's where the truck stop is. The Phantom Road right past the Phantom toll booth. Yes, correct. Um, and so the rest of the book is they actually both bamf into the real world, back into where they were real world. And it goes back and forth. And so in the weird zombie world they're like oh crap a zombie and they start beating it they actually bamf into the real world and it's a normal person that they just killed and cops are starting to show up and that's the end of book number two and i went what and i'm mm -hmm. going to keep reading this because mm -hmm. now they're also into the you can now do the mind thing of he literally beat the death like 30 of these things with his crowbar and what that in theory just implied to us those were all real people and they are dead in the real world now <laughs> thank you jeff lemire for giving me my head yes that's what i like when jeff does stuff to me like that because it's like oh we got a lot to unpack there now yes and whatever also this is the last part i need to say that's important is whatever's in the back of the truck that apparently needs to go to golgotha if they get too far from the chuck, they start getting physically ill and start like getting pain throughout their body until they come back within a certain radius of the truck, which means it also isn't going to let them just bail. Okay. Right. That's definitely, your definitely <laughs> one of his most interesting. Yeah, no. Uh, Gideon, Gideon falls kind of had this same thing of like multiple realities and stuff, but that one was like super deep end. This one feels a little more, I think, this is one where the reveal is either going to really pay off or you're going to go, ah, so we'll see. I'm on it. Mm. I'm going, which brings me to local man. I mentioned this one. This is the number two issue a while ago. And this is about basically the dude that was like on the image Avengers. They got thrown off because well, reasons. Um, and he's not allowed to be superhero. -y anymore. Like it violates copyrights. He's not even allowed to like do anything that relates anything to his old character anymore, but he finds out that he got in a bar fight and the dude who was his arch nemesis died. And so they're all like, cool. So you did that. And he's like, didn't, but okay. So he gets arrested in this book and a little thing that looks like skeets in this universe universe shows up. Looks kind of like skeets. Kind of like a cross between skeets and canine. Yeah. 
And so he shows up and he's like, yeah, you're in violation of basically your superhero parole because you superheroed. And he's like, I got arrested and I <laughs> I defended myself. That's not assisting law enforcement because they're like, you can't even help cops. And he's like, what gives? But he's unpacking all that. And he's like, yeah, I guess I got to find out who killed my arch nemesis because that's not cool. And it wasn't me. And he basically ends up beating Skeets into the ground later because he's like, I guess I got to do the thing. Um, but it's literally kind of this down to earth like cap like cap literally gets thrown off the avengers and has to go back to the block in new york city and not do anything relating to his job um but then stuff happens and he feels like he needs to do something is kind of how this unfolds except it's still in the image liefeld image of every single one of these books has the if you flip it upside down has another short version of the original comic um, that explains more of the backstory each issue. And I'm a sucker for that. It's kind of like the B stories in DC, except these actually are part of the story. And they're actually cutting out good advertising money too. Yeah, it's wild. Um, but it's fun. How is that going to translate well into a trade? That's going to be fun too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. Yep. Um, then my kind of, I found stuff in my back issue pile. Um Matt Kent, his stuff, Flux House at Dark Horse. Spy Superb, uh, which is done with him and his wife, Charlene. Um, they did Department H together. She does really cool watercolor art, just like Matt. Um, um, so it's fun when they do stuff together. But the premise of this book is pretty classic Matt Kent. Of He's created this spy world where the world good guys, if you will. And it's not clear whether it's the U.S. or not or if it's a conglomerate, but um, creates the mythos of the spy superb. So this is like, this is their 007 mm -hmm. in theory, <laughs> except when they invented him all the way back during the Second World War, it's supposed to be basically a Bond foil, that he's super good at everything. He's got the gadgets and everything. He gets off the boat in, in southern France and promptly blows himself up because he has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> um, and the mythos is born that this guy can't possibly be Spy Superb because we've all heard he's amazing. So this is clearly like a, a misdirection, a false flag, etc. Except they decide to make the program about Spy Superb actually is the myth and they hire people and train people that either have no idea they're spies or that they're actually really terrible at it so that all of the world's bad guys try to chase after the mythos of the guy that doesn't does but doesn't exist because they think there's some super spy out there when there's not. Now, so the, it's that Mr. Bean spy movie. Yes, and that's where I was going to go with it, is that the guy that they have right now, literally totally aloof. And of course, it's the Mr. Bean thing of the Russians send a hit squad of like six top tactical assassins, and he accidentally kills all six of them <laughs> and basically does the, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. How did that happen? I took her um, and nailed it. Got it. Yeah. And so it's silly, but it's also kind of funny because now it the entire thing basically becomes, well, what really ironic or accidental way are these people about to, you know, get knocked off? But the thing that's happening now is run, have run into someone that's been tasked to kill him, but has also kind of figured out you're an idiot. 
um, how are you still alive kind of thing. So, but that he's like, well, I'm here to, he, he took this spy's phone, which that they thought was on purpose, but he did by accident. He's like, no, I've just been trying to get your phone back. Those stupid Russians tried to kill you for it. <laughs> so he's like, got a heart or something. So that's the story. And yeah, it's silly, but it's also kind of fun. You are listening to the Polis Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. Welcome to the Lightning Round brought to you by Moviga. I'm Justin with your weekly source for all things movies, video games, and more. Now grab your ponchos and let's catch up on this week's news. The Last of Us showrunner Craig Mazine claims that the show should be around for a while. Mazine has said that part two is more than a season's worth of television. This really excites me. I loved season one. I loved part two and I love the storytelling. I love the way that they did it. I only hope that they can do it justice when they bring it to the show. So I'm very excited for this news. Jonathan Majors has reportedly been dropped by his talent manager and his PR firm following his arrest on domestic violence charges last month. This is really unfortunate. Um, I thought that he was incredible in Loki and I have only heard great things about him in Creed 3. I've heard incredible things about him in the new Ant-Man movie. And if these accusations are found out to be true, then who knows what that's going to do to the MCU, as it seems that they are making out Major's character, Kang the Conqueror, to be that next Thanos-level big bad. So, so we'll see what happens. For the third time, Marvel will be bringing one of its MCU characters, the Moon Knight series version of the Scarlet Scarab, into its comics. Uh, there have been two characters in the comics to wear the Scarlet Scarab mantle, and the Disney Plus version of the character was loosely inspired by those two heroes. Uh, you can actually check out her debut in Moon Knight number 25. I, I think this is really cool that the MCU has now become so big that it is actually influencing the comic book universe. And I think we'll start to see more of this as the MCU continues. And finally, after 25 years, Netflix will stop its DVD by mail service. As the old guy here at Moviga, I remember getting DVDs from Netflix, but honestly, I can't believe that this didn't happen sooner. While I love physical DVDs and Blu-rays, I very rarely buy them anymore. I buy almost everything digitally now, so it's not surprising that Netflix is kind of letting go of this thing that is just a dying breed. Well, it looks like the storm has passed. Be sure to check out the Moviga podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to that sort of thing, where we're talking all things movies, video games, and more. I'm Justin, and thanks for joining me this week for the Lightning Round. You are listening to the Polis Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. So those are my things. Uh, regale us with your your number one, and then I'm gonna break the internet. Wow, the internet. Yeah. Um. So my number one is the Forged by Greg Rucka. Um, I didn't. I didn't see that one either. So now I'm curious. This one is uh the reprint. Okay. 
Yeah, I was uh, going to say, I felt like I've heard of it. Yeah, it came out in March. The second issue should have come out this week. I didn't realize that. I will be calling my comic shop promptly to ask them to drop issue two in my pool. But uh, if you don't know, Greg Rucka is the dude who created... Uh, gosh, who did... He, the quest, not the... Renee, he created Renee Montoya. Mm. Um, and he did a lot of the big Marvel st- or DC stuff in the 90s. Um, Greg Rucka, he wrote some of my favorite... Um, Batman stories, including one where Batman finds the Holy Grail and actually has a whole genuine conversation about Jesus. Um, it's one of the best fate Batman books out there that doesn't suck. Um, it doesn't suck because there are so there's one where Batman is literally like a holy uh warrior, uh, like wearing like church clothing, not church, but like priestly clothing as a Batman costume, too. And it gets weird. Um, but uh, yeah, the forged is, dude. This is all up your alley. Like, this is a hundred percent a crispy book. Um, but the difference is, this is a crispy book I enjoyed. Um, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no, there's just a different vibe. Like, I did. I couldn't. I felt like I was wasting money reading. They only find us when we're dead. That's right. Uh, uh, that is not an everybody book. This is Ooh. like that, but like broad audience entertaining. Um, so first of all, it's a oversized book, the size of a black label chunky book. Um, but what's great is dude, it's still five 99 for this size of a book, um, sets the, the deal of a big, uh, space vibe. Uh, there's a whole class system like everything else in every other funky space story. And you're basically joined with the crew of serenity as they're about to, uh, be dropped on a planet as some warriors. There's like they're uh, forged, which is like, I guess the lower class of warriors. There's a, a snooty government military. And then there's some woman that's basically like an, a wizard, witch Oracle lady who uh, has the power to like change what you see in your mind. Check this art out. Look at it. Look at it. Look at Ooh. Things. Um, but she, there's like this, uh, wizard witch lady who was uh basically pulling all the strings of the story of every class system there is a empress that is who everybody worships and she's like they're her the sidekick of this mm-hmm. but like she, with one touch she can make you see or feel anything um okay. so th- there's like a government dude that's being all nervous and douchey around her so she she makes him see everything he hopes to see and feel and he's all right all right I'll, and she's like as much as pleasures i just gave you i'll make you hurt more um and then he's she's revealing people's past so it's very is this there's this and like uh this all says the art style is just great like i can't i don't know what else this dude's drawn but like the art is freaking like gorgeous across the board um mm-hmm. and uh so yeah, it's a classism space story. Um, uh, malevolent wizardy lady kind of has Event Horizon vibes. Um, the the only thing I don't like is that there's an organization that has the acronym of evil for their name. I'm like, come on, guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> this isn't Earthworm Jim. Um, don't do this. Um, or is it uh but either way uh this was uh probably one of the 
this because like you say you buy a lot of number ones and then you never plan to read them again this is the first number one i said i can't wait for the next one i'm interested and i like genuinely felt like i've been through a gallery art wise after reading this so i will be calling my comic book shop as soon as i'm done recording and ask them to put number two in my box go oh i will say it is uh, a little adulty it's a little adulty. it is uh it is a mature reader's book it's not like a you know uh yeah it's 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 not like the worst mature reader's book but it's a mature reader's book on that note <laughs> did you get adulty books don't do it chris super adulty and i don't and but part of this is the but we don't know why so um i don't know if you saw this on yourselves but uh world no. tree done done in the elite speak um tinian of course um who's just been on the i'm gonna write some of the weirdest stuff out there uh vibe um it's an image book and there's a lot of going on but <laughs> one of the main people in this book is very naked for most of the book and i'm assuming there's a point to that but it is not obvious in the first issue. So anyway, you get introduced to kind of this one person with a screen name and like a hackery type website. This is this is our naked protagonist or antagonist, whatever she is. Um, and there's the they talk about the underweb. So I'm guessing it's their version of the dark web kind dark of web. thing. But yeah, dark web. Uh, you get introduced to two other characters that are kind of having a back and forth conversation on a car ride. And then you get introduced to a character that literally walks up to people's houses and it's like, Hey, I need you to look at this real quick, shows them their phone. And then you see like the VCR scratches over their face after they look at it. And then he brutally murders them. And he does this about five times in a row. Um, and, yeah, and live streams the whole thing, and everyone's like, that was a thing. Um, and it's creepy and unnerving because the guys, like, in between each murder, he's like, well, that was easy. I guess the next one might be hard, though, because they have kids. And it's like, yo, um, what? But you find out that, like, the dude that was, like, driving the car and the what appears to be semi-unrelated conversation is that person's brother um and so he basically hears about the whole thing because the internet's like uh your bro just like literally murdered like 10 people um on the interwebs and so he goes to the jail to be like um what and while he's there our strange naked person shows up still naked. um does the same oh yeah well put on like overalls to get on a motorcycle but then took the motor out the overalls off to attack the police station. The I got tracks. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she walks in and literally does the same thing as like phone. And the people are like, what? But she brought guns to the party. So she's like, this won't take long. Kills all the cops in the lobby, then shows up in the cell. And like the, the first dude's like, it's you. It's really you. And she's like, yes. And you've done a good thing. Shows phone executes him in front of the other dude and basically walks out and but on her way out looks at the brother and says you can be part of this too 
and just walks out. I have no idea what is going on and is super dark. I have an idea what's going on, and I almost feel like this is a carbon copy of something. Probably. Uh, you don't watch Luther, do you? It's been a hot minute. Did you? Do you? Rem- so it do means- you remember the like kind of D and D episode of Luther? No. Okay. I think maybe season maybe yeah. season three. Um, Didn't okay. get there. Yeah. There's two twin brothers that are playing a real life slash online RPG of death and chaos where they are, they go into any random situation, roll the die to see what damage they're going to do, do the murders Mm -hmm. and then log their stuff online. Okay. This feels like that. Yeah. It's got a bit of a vibe. Um, I'm kind of curious because I think the next issue or the issue after it, one of the covers actually has like a physical tree on the, on the cover. So the whole world tree thing, I think isn't, just a misnomer. There may be something there too. Maybe it's um, brackets. I got nothing, but it is, it's well drawn. Um, it is gritty as all get out. Um, so I guess it hits my super weird pile on the, I am now reading because I need, I have a mighty need to know what the crap that setup was. Um, and I mean, it's a super old, it's almost tropey and horror and other stuff now of the, I want to see what makes them either go crazy or blank out for a second. Mm. Cause it's literally something they're carrying on just like their phone. And it's kind of novel because the way they get people to do it is they're like, literally as soon as they interact with a new person, they're like, Hey, yeah, that's cool. But can you check this out really quick? And literally just put it in front of people and people are just like unplugged. So it's, it's the ring. With with murder yeah. D D. But that that's yeah. Uh by the way, I think the the what I was failing to tell you with the the forged, it's fifth element meets firefly. That's the way to set. Oh okay, yeah. I got it. So yeah, we've got you set up for this week for some wild number ones. But yeah, uh the lead speak world tree, uh not for the kiddos in any way, shape, or form. Uh so that is going to do it for us here at the Polis Podcast. Episode 85 is now in the books and now in your ears and your eyeballs. You can catch us on the YouTubes. Uh, just about any place that you can download podcasts, the Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iTunes. Like if it's out there, we out there. That's how we roll. But as many of you know, we can't take this epic journey of podcasts and fandom alone. We do it as part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. You can now also catch us on the LTN radio app, which is all part of all those lovely LTN things because, yes, Matt did tell us we out there. Um, So congrats. Um, Thanks, Matt. Um, But honestly, Hector and I do want to thank each and every one of you for choosing us as your primary comic book knowledge factory on a mostly um, biweekly basis. Uh, So don't leave us hanging. Rate, review the show uh, on all those podcasting places five stars hector's amazing um thanks for listening and remember kids read read more more comics